a gladsome mind. Praise the Lord for His kind, for His mercies and yours. after several years that will remind us that you alone is the only true God. Thank you, Father, for this moment. Be thou glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I'm happy to be in your midst this morning after what seems like eternity. But certainly not eternity. <laughs> but I'm deeply grateful. I'm joyful. And I want to begin by thanking uh, Daddy Avika, the Canon Professor Chikerianusim. Daddy, thank you so much for having invited me. I do not take it for granted. It is not a right, it is just a privilege. We are deeply grateful myself and my family 
and the chapel from where I have come, where you sent us to go and walk. We are grateful, sir. Dadiona, thank you so much, sir. I miss sitting beside you. I deeply miss it. But thank you so much, sir. My brother, Reverend Dr. Aniago, I commonly call him Naya Aniago for more reasons than ten. God bless you, sir. Pastor's warden, chapel council, our mommies, men and brethren, the Lord bless you all in the name of Jesus. I bring you greetings from, first of all, from my family, near and far. They have asked me to extend their love to you. They may not be here, but I assure you they are with us in spirit. I also want to quickly also say that the Chapel of Pentecost has also asked me to greet you. You know, when I was going to the Chapel of Pentecost, in fact, when I knew that the time of my departure was near, I began to pray about it. And the Lord was telling me that I was going to go to Pentecost. But it, it didn't look like it was going to be so. But eventually, I went to Pentecost, and I'm in Pentecost. There is something very unique about the Chapel of Pentecost that the owner will tell you. It's not a quiet church. We may not have this number, but it is not a quiet church. Open on a Pentecost, by now somebody would have said, Amen, from somewhere. And when they say it, they mean it. And sometimes you see the Lord using them mightily in ways that you cannot imagine. That somebody may, be, may stand up to read the scriptures. Maybe the person will take the phone and want to read from the phone. And someone in the congregation will stand up and say, No, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. Where is your Bible? <laughs> Such is the place where the Lord has sent us to. It is a small church, but there is so much work to be done in that place. Continue to pray for us, and the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. The topic before us this morning says, Surrounded with favor. And as we have already read, it's taken from Psalm 512. Uh, David, the psalmist. Who else would it be? He was a man who had so much favor in the course of his life. So that doesn't come to us as a surprise. The scripture says that with God, nothing shall be impossible. But they that must come to God must believe that he exists. And that he is a rewarder of they that diligently seek him. Let me start with this story. A man named Amana, I, I, I mean, I heard this testimony over the television. So, things were so tough for him, that it was difficult for him to cope with life. He began a business, but he wasn't successful. Somehow, somebody helped him, and he was able to get admission to study marine engineering, which was what he had always wanted to study for many years. So he got the admission. He even went and got visa. But the challenge was that he had no money. He didn't even have 1,000 naira. <laughs> but he was going to go abroad to study. And so he began to give the testimony. He said, so one day he was sitting down. And the Lord told him that he should go to Hilton Hotel in Abuja. Naikonaga Hilton Hotel. That he should just go there. So he stood up and, and prepared and went there. So when he got there, the Lord also told him, there are two men sitting down at that table. Go and meet them. Just go and sit down with them. Uh -uh. So he went and sat down with them. And so he began to tell them of his need. So they told him that, well, that um, they, they may not be able to help him. However, they gave him a man's phone number. That he should call that number that that person will likely be able to help him. 
So he said as he left the place, he was disappointed. And he squeezed the paper and threw it away. But as he moved further, something in him told him, the Spirit of God, that he should go back and pick up that paper. So Amana went back and picked up that paper. It was a phone number that was on it. So he got home, sent a text message to that number that he's so and so personal that please he needs help, money, to be able to go abroad to study. He got no reply. After about four hours, he decided to call. So he called and the man asked him to come. Okay, come. That he says in Port Harcourt that he should come. So he went to Port Harcourt and met the man. I want to just summarize the story. The man sponsored him, a man that he never knew from anywhere. That by the time he was finishing his education, the man had given him nothing less than $20,000. And it was such that sometimes things would be so hard for him when he was studying. So one day he called the man and said, Sir, I'm just calling to know how you are doing. The man said, Amana, tell me, you need money. He said, yes, sir. So the man again sent him at about $2,000 at that very point in time. And today, he's a graduate, lives in the Philippines with his wife and children. Such are the favors of God. In a country also, there once was a man who was aged and he was accused of having been amongst those that plotted a coup. The leader of that country at that time arrested him alongside others and threw him into prison. While he was in prison, he testified that he repented and accepted Jesus and changed his name, or rather took up another name, Matthew. And so while they were preparing, the government was preparing on how to execute him and a few others. One of those days, the man who threw him into prison suddenly could not wake up again. He was gone to the great beyond. And somewhere this man, somebody said, no, but okay, there is need to have a replacement. Somebody needs to now be president of so-so-and-so country. So they went and brought this man out from prison and made him the president of that country. The story is very familiar to all of us. There once was a man also, his name was Joseph. He had similar, if not worse, experience. I don't want to bore us with time, with that time will fail us. And so was also a woman named Ruth. And so was also someone else. Many other people. Some of us who are here that cannot deny that the Lord has been faithful and has showered us with mercies and favors. People of God, favor is not the absence of challenges. It is excelling despite those challenges. I began to ask myself, why was I the one that the Holy Spirit chose to give to talk about this topic. I said, well, is it because I have been so favored? Or is it because I am so much longing for favor? It is either of the two. I will not deny that I have been favored. I have been favored so much by God. That is the truth. But that is not the story for today. But I am a man who has received favor from all around. But again, I'm also a man who is longing for favor, much more favor. God's favors never end. Scripture says that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never comes to an end. It says they are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 8-9 to says... That even though we are hard-pressed on every side, it says, yet we are not crushed. Though we are perplexed, but we are not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, 
but not destroyed. That is favor. Favor means, therefore, the presence of God. That's how I want to summarize it. Favor is the presence of God. So once you have the presence of God around you, you are favored. It does not matter what is happening around you, what the situation may be dictating. If they like, let them sell for 1,000 naira. If you are favored, you may put a little fuel and you'll be thinking in your mind, ah, this fuel will soon finish, it will soon finish. The fuel will carry you beyond where you expected. That is favor. In Genesis chapter 39, verses 3 to 4, I don't know if the ushers have their microphones around. Genesis chapter 39, 3 to 4. Let me read. But please, ushers, have your mics around. It says, concerning Joseph, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord has made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. But you know the circumstances before Joseph found himself in this situation. Verse 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Such is the favor of God. One thing you will realize, or what I have realized, is that favor is actually activated in times of challenge. So if everything, if it is possible for everything to be going on smoothly, everything, and I go for my favor is not around the corner. So I don't know what your challenges may be. It signifies that there is favor around the corner. God is around, waiting to manifest his glory. Such is our God. You know, when the children of Israel wanted to leave Egypt, God told them, those people who have used you as slaves, Go and ask their women to give you their golds and their silvers. Go and tell them. Imagine such audacity. Those who have put them to forced labor. And they were amazed that they went and oh, okay, you want the okay, take it. Oh, you want this, oh, take it, you want this, take it. Nato kwasi Yahobi Mogo. Nano Odo Egabuo Nyemeri Chukwogalo Roge Kwerea Kwere Kwere Mabale Don't go and kill yourself. Don't be discouraged. Don't leave. Don't surrender. It is so near. No matter the situation in Nigeria, daybreak is near. Once darkness becomes so thick, then you know that it is time for the light to manifest itself. Do not despair. You know, sometimes you hear words like the grace of God. And they say, grace is unmerited favor. But when we use some terms 
in Christendom. The truth is that it is simply because when we give some definitions, it is simply because we do not fully comprehend who God is. So we are just trying to describe these things the way our human mind will understand. So it is a grace is a merited favor. Which favor is merited? None. If it is merited, it is no longer favor. It's no longer favor. Call it anything else you want. And you know one thing. You see, man, man does not have the capacity to grant favor. Take it or leave it. You know, in a country, a former president once said that if you didn't vote for me, you will not get development like the other parts that voted for me. Man is incapable of granting favor. It is just not possible. So if a person is the source of favor to you, just know that there is a hand of God in it. It is not the nature of man. Hallelujah. Who is qualified to be surrounded with favor? Who is qualified to receive favor? Who? Acts chapter 10 verses 34 and 35. Can somebody please read it? Acts 10, 34, 35. Then Peter opened his mouth. Okay, please get the microphone to her. God does not show favoritism. Go on. But in every nation, he that walketh righteousness is acceptable to him. Please sit down. Thank you very much. God is always ready to grant favors. Scripture says that the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the earth. Okay? Seeking for whose heart is right, that he might show himself strong on his behalf. So, if you have ever played, well, football, let me use that example. You will know that you may dribble a lot of people, dribble, dribble, and then suddenly you get close to scoring a goal, but you need to pass the ball to somebody, but there is nobody to pass to. What will happen? You will see that player, he will turn again and start going back towards his own side of the net. That is the way God's favor is. Just receive it. Just receive it. You know, by the way, as much as the children of God have special favors upon them, but let's not forget that the favor of God even cuts across those who are also unbelievers to an extent. Because scripture says that while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. So that is even where it begins from. So favor does not depend on your location. Some people want to go abroad because they believe there is a problem with the Nigeria location. If that is the purpose for which you want to travel, you have missed the point. You have missed the point. They will say, but your family has traveled. Uh, my family has traveled, but it is not because we are going to. It's not because we think there is no favor in Niger. It's not that. Favor does not depend on the geographical location. Whether you are in Abuja, you are in Kafanchan. Some people want to go for youth service and they will say, no, I want to go to Abuja. I want to go to Port Harcourt. But you will see somebody who went to Zamfara State and he will get an offer. They will say, we want to sponsor you to go abroad to do your masters. I, I, I mean, there are testimonies like that. 
favor also does not depend on your situational location. <laughs> let, let me use that language. In other words, it does not depend on situation. So that you are so sick that the favor of the Lord can no longer reach you. You have been in this position for 38 years, like the man at the pool of Bethesda. It does not depend on situation. Or, or birth location, that you are the last child in your family. And the, all the other people, your father has used the money to train them, and now they don't want to train you. Mm-mm. Favor does not depend on that. Favor depends on spiritual location. Spiritual location. Where are you located spiritually? What is your location spiritually? Even if you are in the prison like Joseph, what is your spiritual location? Ask your neighbor, what is your spiritual location? Ask the person again. In Luke chapter 4, verse 25 to 27. Let me just read that. Luke 24 from 25. Jesus was speaking and he says, But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heaven was shut up, three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon. To a woman who was a widow. Verse 27 says, And many lepers were also in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. In honor church, in our semana, Kelly Hemezino, Unyanoa, Munyanoa, Emenka, where Kelly Hemezimoa, Kehememoa. The voice of the cross is Joe Mwega Jojo. Hallelujah. There is this testimony about a girl. So before then, you you will agree with me, therefore, that favor is not a chance event. So if somebody tells you, oh, if I had been there at that time, oh, oh, I would have gotten this job. Mm-mm. It's not chance. It's not chance. It's not chance. It will come to you if you are spiritually and properly located. There's this testimony about a girl who, I, I, I wasn't there when it happened, but someone testified that this girl was faithful to God. And on one occasion, he went to visit his, um, I think he went to visit his uncle, or someone related to him. So that his uncle attempted to rape him. But the girl ran out of the house. Unfortunately for her, her clothes were torn. Torn so badly. The girl didn't know what to do. To go back or to continue? She decided to continue. Almost naked. Ah. But you know, the testimony is that as she was going and she was crying, she was heading to her friend's house, looking for the nearest place she can get a clothes. As she was going, she was crying. Perhaps she was singing, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Everything to God in prayer. What peace we often forfeit. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry. All because we do not carry. 
inquire, I forget to acknowledge, I forgot to acknowledge you. So you see, the, the, the testimony is that as she continued to walk and cry, and perhaps sing in her mind, she got to her friend's house, and she was weeping. Her, friends was, her friend was asking her, what is the problem with you? What is it? What has happened to you? She was just crying. What is the problem? She was crying. She said, but can't you see that I'm naked? Her friend looked at her and said, you, naked. You're wearing your clothes now. Now you're properly dressed. The girl could not understand what her friend was saying. She said, you're properly dressed. Though. I, can't, I can't see anything. So it so happened that while the girl was walking along the road and crying, the Lord had clothed her. Some of you will say, hey, this is story. Well, I have seen, I have not only heard of the things that God can do. If you doubt it, Imam Fuya, it won't come to you. They that come to God must first believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of they that diligently seek him. Let's look a little more at the things that hinder receiving. Number one, I want to say faithlessness is a giant problem. I met a student recently who came to me and said, Sir, I want to study nursing. And I said to her, oh, that's wonderful. You want to study nursing? It's okay. So have you done the exams? She said, I don't have money. I don't know the person that will sponsor me when I pass the exam. I said to her, you are not serious yet. So you want to enter the university and your parents don't have resources. So because of that, even though you have money to get jam form, you decide to use the money for jam form to eat akara. Until the day your parents will become rich. Fa fa fa. Foul. Faithlessness. It's a big problem in Christendom. In Mark chapter 4, verse 40b, it's the story about Jesus and his disciples when they were in a boat, and the boat was about to capsize. There was something that Jesus said to them when they woke him up, and he calmed the storm. Those words mean so much to me. You know what he said to them? He said, how is it? How? That you have no faith. He couldn't understand it. How is it that after all that you have been through, that you have seen me do, how is it? How is it so? From where did it come from? That you have no faith. And what is the faith Jesus is asking for? The size of a mustard seed. How is it that you have none? And that is the problem that many of us have. Lack of belief. Sometimes impatience. It is also instructive to note that as important, sometimes I ask God, why didn't you just give the Holy Spirit immediately? Jesus went to heaven. So as important as the Holy Spirit is, the disciples had to wait for it to come. You know, in Nigeria, part of the problem that we have as Christians, I, I, I was telling somebody some time ago, is that we are so tied to history. I, well, I used to be guilty of that. So sometimes when I pray, I will say, Father, please, Take Nigeria back to what it was in the 60s. Until I stumbled, let me use the word stumbled. Because I wasn't, well, you can also say the Holy Spirit led me to it. Until I stumbled upon a scripture, it changed my mentality for life. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10. Please, somebody should read it and wait until you get the mic before you read. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10. He that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loves abundance with increase. Where, where are you reading, please? 
Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 10. Okay. Hmm? Say not you, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? Do not say, why are the former days better than today, better than these days? Don't say it. It is not scriptural. Don't say it. Don't ask that question. Go on. For you do not inquire wisely concerning these. It is not wisdom. Sit down, please. So when you are praying to God about Nigeria, don't ask Nigeria, don't ask God to return Nigeria to the 60s. Ask God to take Nigeria to the future. When you are praying for your family, don't say, Father, please restore me to what I used to be. Mm -mm. When, Jesus, when God healed Naaman, Scripture said that his body became like that of what? A baby. It was not what it was before. May the Lord help to increase our faith in the name of Jesus. Some other examples in Scripture. I need to begin to run. Blind Bartimaeus. We know this story very well. We know that story. So blind Bartimaeus was there. And he heard that Jesus was passing by. He heard some noise, some sound. And he asked somebody, And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Jesus always passes by for somebody. And he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I hope you will know that mercy is usually a prelude to favor. If you read through scripture, you will, you will see great examples. Even with Joseph and so on, you will see. Mercy is usually a prelude to favor. So he was shouting, Jesus, and they were telling him, cool down. What is it? Why you are shouting? And he raised, the Bible said, he even shouted the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the scripture said, Jesus did what? He stopped. Try it. Have you ever been able to make Jesus stop? Okulo forever. See, bring that person. What's here? And he asked him what he wanted, and the rest is history. He had faith, despite the crowd. Some of us, the problem is the crowd. The woman with the issue of blood, the crowd. But she also had what? Faith. The father of Jairus, the, the issue, um, okay, Jairus himself, sorry. So Jairus also, he had faith. And when it looked like his faith was going to win, Jesus said to him, do not fear. Don't be afraid. Even though they say he has died, she has died. Let's keep going. The crowd. Crowd. Faith. Pain. Sorry, crowd and faith. Remove the crowd. Have faith. These things are important. Now, let me come down to one other thing as I just begin to round off. There is a story that is told in scripture. And that story, many times we hear that story and we interpret it in different ways. I mean, that's the Holy Spirit. But while I was meditating on this message, the Lord took me again to that scripture. The story is found in Luke chapter 15. It is a story that we all know very well. Can we just open our Bibles to Luke chapter 15? Luke 15. It's the story of the prodigal son. But you know, I read a book recently by, I think, Tim Keller or, or, or so. I can't remember the, ex, the exact first name. So, the title of that book was actually The Prodigal Father. And I was shocked. I said, if I went the man that was giving me the book, was giving me the book, I said, no, 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 I don't want to read, sir. I don't want to read. How can I read a book that is titled Prodigal Father? I don't want to read. So, so eventually, I took the book. And I read. By the way, the person that gave me this book is the priest in the church where my family worships in the UK. By the way, 
it, it, it wasn't particularly easy for them when they traveled because they couldn't find a place of worship that was, let me use the word, ideal. There were some other places that people recommended. Ah, that this person has a parish, or he used to be an Anglican. Or go to the... But when we reached out, no show. Until one, somehow, my wife searched online and found one church. And I went to that church when I came back, and I felt the Spirit of God so powerfully in that church. The servant of God, Nesibia, Obia, Obulu, Mumumbos, my wife, Nonolo, Bulu Hajia Choir practice. The priest himself, Abwasa, he will bring them back. Have I not been favored? It is like that with many of us here. I also thank you, people, before I forget, that many of you have constantly been asking after us in diverse ways, praying for us. Doing a lot of things for us. God bless you. Now, so that story, when I read that book, I began to have a different mindset. That the word prodigal actually means to lavish, to waste. So God is actually the one who lavishes his love upon us with reckless abandon. He just gives it. And so if you read that story very well, you will realize that Jesus was talking about somebody. Who was that? He was talking to the Pharisees. Let's read verse 1. It says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, so he began to address the self-righteousness of the Pharisees. And he told them about the woman who lost a coin. He told them about the man who lost a sheep and went after that single sheep. And then he came down to tell them about the story that we all call the story of the prodigal son. Now, this is where it connects to us. This is favor. So the father had an abundance of love and favor to dish out to both his children. But the younger son, of course, went away and lavished the resources. I'm not reading it now because of time. But the Bible said, when he came to himself, my brother So when he came to himself, he said, I will arise and go back to my father. Okay? So, you begin to listen to it, you begin to read it. You see, when he came back, the father went out and met him even before he got home. But the young man fell down and was crying. And, and I guess he was singing a song like, that was probably what he was singing. So his father looked, ah, no, 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 my son, welcome back, welcome back. And he took the boy in. Now, but this is where it concerns us Christians. And that's the problem with many of us. Why you may be a child of God and yet no favor around you. Self-righteousness. So the elder brother, for whom the parables, the three parables were told, it was because of him that those parables were told. The Pharisees. So when he came, he was angry. Meanwhile, who was supposed to go and look for his brother? Remember that the first two parables did not have anybody. No brother, no. It was just a woman who, had, who lost a coin. A man who lost a sheep. But this time, there were two sons. So who was supposed to go and look for his brother? The elder brother. But he didn't go. And when this elder brother came back, he was not happy that the younger brother had returned and was welcomed. 
So the father went out to him again. He went out to the first son, to the younger brother. Now he's going out again to who? To the elder brother. So he went out again to the Pharisees. He told the Pharisees, when he finished talking to the elder brother, I want to ask us a question. What happened, if you read that scripture well? Did he enter? Did he come in to enter? He did not. The story ended like that. And so the favor of eternity that the Lord had kept for them, the sinners received it. But the one who was self-righteous threw it away. When I anywhere, anywhere now, okay, the prodigal son, the prodigal son. The problem was with the Pharisees, the elder brother. Which one are you? The younger brother or the elder brother? If you are the younger brother, the Lord is saying, come. If you are the older brother, the Lord is also saying what? Come. Come. The songwriter says, I know whom. So we have heard it. My Yabekwa. Kinenye. Oranefu. Miringozine. Beginning to pray. Ah, Agabi Galam, Gabi Galam, Mamara, Ejo. what category you belong to. The category of the person who though God has done so much for you, even in sending Jesus, Mana, you have traveled far away. God is waiting and saying, come back. I will receive you. Just give me the sign that you want to come back. I will even meet you halfway. Just come back. You've not given your life to Jesus before. Today is an opportunity. And so if you want to give your life to Jesus, that you may receive much more abundantly what he has prepared for us, please just raise your hand and we'll pray with you. Anybody? I have heard it all right. Don't let it waste away. Miringozine to tenubi kokwe kozo wasi zo wasi zo. not the younger brother then we all must be the elder brother can we begin to talk to the Lord and ask him to have mercy upon us let him have mercy upon us how can God prepare something so wonderful for us in his abundance and his eyes go to and fro and yet we are not able to receive it because of self-righteousness 
can we ask him to have mercy we are just using god just because of what we think we are going to gain from god it is not as if we are really loyal to him can we ask him to have mercy upon us father have mercy upon us have mercy upon us oh lord have mercy upon us scripture says that if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins god is faithful he will cleanse us he will forgive us he will restore us in the name of jesus our father and our god we thank you we thank you O god because indeed you are ready to lavish in abundance your riches in glory as much and as many as they are upon us we have not been prepared before now to receive from you but lord today we see the windows of heaven open O lord and we receive by faith where we had not received before lord because we had not known you father today we confess that you are lord where we had not received before because indeed O god we have been like the elder brother father almighty have mercy upon us may we receive in abundance that which you have prepared for us today and always in jesus name we pray amen